Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette, and today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, the Inside Out Club, Casa of River Valley, and Normal Moments. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now representing the Inside Out Club is Marianne Ruthig. Welcome to the show, Marianne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are too. We are too. So I'm going to start off with kind of what got you started in founding the Inside Out Club. Why did, why did you get that going? You know what, Jan? I grew up in a family of seven kids, four sisters, two brothers, and my whole childhood, I really saw a lot of my siblings struggle kind of in school, out of school, uh, and it just built this, I think, desire. I always felt like I wanted to help, but you know, as a kid, you're like, you, you, you don't know what to do. Um, so then fast forward, you know, I minored in education. I actually designed this school I was gonna launch someday. Um, and it was just kind of always percolating there. And July 11th, 2012, I actually was working full-time as a CPA, so very different <laughs> career, um, and was inspired with an idea. And so I, I quit my job and started this organization. Um, so now, gosh, a decade later, you know, and we're empowering thousands of kids to live each day with good character. So that's our mission, is to empower kids to live with kindness, empathy, acceptance, perseverance, self-awareness, all these wonderful skills that everyone needs to thrive in their schools, their careers, just really in life, right? You can look over the past few years, like, they're so important. Um, so we're just really passionate to be doing that work. Uh, the Inside Out Club has an after-school series. We offer 18 to 20 kind of standalone events a year. Uh, those are for families with preschool age children and elementary age kids to come to. Uh, so we have just sort of a, so many resources and programs available for children ages 3 to 12 and their families to really build character uh, through giving back to the community. Okay, well that's, you know, and I think that's just it, right? It's those are characteristics that you need, but you aren't necessarily just innately born with them. Those are things that can either be taught or nurtured, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, more than 70% of a child's character is kind of developed before they leave elementary school. So it's so critical that children are learning these skill set while they're young, so they can really handle whatever comes their way, you know, as they're growing. Um, and in middle school, high school, and beyond. Okay, so talk a little bit about what makes your programs unique and maybe give us a little bit of an example. Yeah, absolutely. So what really makes it unique is that we're combining this social and emotional learning, which really to me is really around just this character foundation. So helping kids, um, again, you know, use things like empathy, right? Oh, I can imagine what it's like to be the new student and I'm gonna invite them to play. You know, so just helping them build up those core foundational scares, skills in character and then we do that by helping them engage in community service and volunteerism. So a great example of one of our recent programs was this spring, we had students come together um, and they made snuggle bunnies for seniors. So they're really cute, like soft socks and they had the ears and they created these snuggle bunnies. They even named them. <laughs> uh, but then in the process, they learned about, oh, well, what might this feel like to you know, receive this gift from somebody that you don't even know? They learn a little bit about how would you get to know a senior that's not somebody in your family, right? Like how are we alike even if on the outside we look different? So that's just an example of one of our programs and why they're so unique. And over the past 10 years, we've had 585 program offerings. 
Wow. So we've been doing a lot of great work. Yeah. Now, um, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the age because you talked a little bit about how important it is to have those characters really build and, and grow and be nurtured before kids leave elementary school. But do you service middle and high school? Does the program extend to those age groups? So it did not extend to those age groups, but a couple of years ago, our board said we really wanted to offer a continuum of services. You know, we're helping kids, you know, basically build a value set and we want them to be able to keep practicing it. So um, this fall, I'm really excited that we're going to be launching a brand new middle school program. Um, it's called Business Designers for Good. And basically through an entrepreneurship umbrella, students will be able to design and present businesses that do good in the world. So they'll learn entrepreneurship, um, social responsibility, emotional intelligence, and leadership skills. So those are the four key pillars. Okay. Um, it's a six-week program for an hour and a half, um, twice a week. So we're really excited about that program. That's just going to build upon this great foundation that we have taught in Inside Out Club, but that is also taught um, in our local school system. So just another opportunity for kids to build those skills around just connecting to others, connecting to themselves, you know, teamwork conflict solving, problem solving, and just um, a wonderful skill set that will really help them just in school and then later in their careers and in their lives. Yeah. So now, um, in terms of the kids that participate, are they, is it school bound? Is it, do you take kids from everywhere? How, how does that work? That's a really great question. So most of our programming in the after school series, whether it's elementary or even this middle school, a school does need to sign up to have the program. And oftentimes it comes to the principal or the leadership through a parent who just learns about the Inside Out Club. Uh, so not every school has it, unfortunately. Okay. We're hoping to get there someday. Um, but we do also, just this year, have our own small space. So some of the programs, both the elementary and these one-time standalone events, we do host them uh, at our small space. So then the great thing is if you don't have it at your school, you still could have access for your kids. And we do have an online option, too, since the pandemic. Yeah, it's a great, that was it's a great. It's a great <laughs> opportunity to still engage kids where they're at. Because um, some kids really prefer to you know, jump on a Zoom or it just works better in the schedule. Sure, absolutely. Well, and I think that's, and you and I spoke about that uh, a couple of years ago, that that really has been one of the sort of bright spots of uh, pivoting through the pandemic, is you absolutely. learn new pieces that can fit into what you were already doing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So now, okay, you've got events coming up, and you mentioned the small space. Where you want to let us know where that is? Oh, so it's in the uh, 800 Corporate Center building, which is located just down Fifth Avenue from Naperville North High School here in Naperville. So okay. it's Suite 100 J, so okay. back left side of the building. Uh, yeah, so that's our, our new and mighty little space. It also is where we engage our volunteers in supply sorting and just prepping for different events and things like that. Nice to have some place to come together, yes. right? It's yeah. great to get it out of my basement. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's part of the scaling up process, <laughs> yes. right? Now, um, in terms of events coming up, Miriam, what have you got going? So on Sunday, September 25th, we have our Fall Family 5K. Uh, so we've been doing this event, gosh, every year except for the pandemic year for probably about eight, nine years. And it's just a wonderful community event. It's for all ages. Uh, you can walk, run, strollers. We have a little kid fun run afterwards. And then we have, instead of a race village, we have a kindness village. So a lot of fun activities for kids. Always treats. I know we have some great delicious donuts coming again this year. <laughs> um, just a real fun opportunity to come together as a community. And it's at Donata Forest Preserve, so it's beautiful. Uh, so we really hope that people that are interested will come out, join us. Um, you could form a team or not. 
and um, you could fundraise or not. So it's really flexible and just a lot of fun. Okay, and that money goes back into providing the programming that you're doing throughout the year. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so now if somebody is listening and they want to get a little bit more involved or they want to learn more about you, what do they do? Uh, definitely visit our website. It has a lot of wonderful information. Uh, we are always looking for new volunteers, uh, people that will share our message. So I would say if you're not already on our, you know, our e-news or our social media, great way to stay tuned and stay involved. Please share that information. You know, I always say, oh, like every nonprofit, we're small. We've been here a decade, but uh, you know, we're still trying to get that message out. So I think that is a really big way that people can help. Um, so it's just sharing out our message, um, signing up to volunteer. Donations are always greatly appreciated. We do have a Live Inside Out Champions group. Um, they donate monthly, so even as little as $5 a month, we do offer programming all year. Um, so something like that goes a long way. Uh, so those are really the kind of the touchstones, but if people just go to our website, they'll learn a lot more. Wonderful. Well, listen, thank you so much for stopping by. We wish you the best of event with your fun run. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and uh, keep up the good work. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you're interested in learning more about the Inside Out Club, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. The Naperville Police Department needs your help to solve crime and bring offenders to justice. When you submit tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers, you help keep our city one of the safest in the nation. Tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers have helped solve hundreds of crimes and recover over $7 million in drugs, property, and cash. Remember, tipsters remain anonymous and receive cash rewards up to $1,000 if their tips lead to an arrest. Call the tip line at 630 420-6006. You may have that one piece of information that solves the crime. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette, and joining me now from CASA of River Valley is Megan Pennington. Welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you for having CASA on to talk about our organization. You're absolutely welcome. So let's start right out with that. Who is CASA? Absolutely. Well, CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. So CASA of River Valley is under Illinois CASA, which is under the branch of National CASA. But we are our own separate nonprofit organization. Our River Valley constitutes the Will and Grundy County areas. So that's our jurisdiction for the families and the children that we work with. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what CASA does. A court-appointed special advocate, is that Correct. right? Okay, so what do you do? So a court-appointed special advocate are actually volunteers in our local communities that we bring on to CASA. They undergo extensive training. Um, it's a 33-hour training course, actually, uh, that's completed within about a two-week period. And they are assigned to abused and neglected children that have entered the foster care system in Will and Grundy County in Illinois. So they serve as a one-to-one -one or a one-to, they're assigned to a family or a child 
um, who is in the foster care system through no fault of their own. Okay. And CASA is separate from the state. We're a nonprofit organization. But our advocates really serve as the eyes and ears to the judges in those counties. Um, as I said, we meet with the children monthly. Um, we advocate for their best interests. We look out for their physical, their emotional, their social, their intellectual needs. Okay, so it's really a little bit like having a guardian angel in the system that's independent just for that child, is that right? Well, it's kind of funny that you said guardian angel because we're actually the guardian ad litem that is appointed by the state. Ah, okay. Um, and again, we do work with the families. We work closely with the biological parents, foster parents, but our main priority is on the child and what serves their best interest. Okay, so who do you serve? So we serve, as I mentioned, abused and neglected children in Will and Grundy counties, um, ranging from the age of zero to 21. Uh, currently, I think in fiscal year 2021, we served 401 children in those two counties. Um, and what's sad is that our numbers have drastically increased since prior to the pandemic. Mm. Um, before the pandemic, we were serving approximately 85% of children in need in Will County. We had just launched our services in Grundy County. Because of this pandemic, we've had an increase of almost 59% since prior to March 2022 of children coming into foster care in the state. Oh my gosh. Yes, so we our numbers have actually, whereas before we were previously serving 85% of children, we're now down to about 73%. Okay, now talk about, Megan, what, what is driving that? There's a lot of factors that are driving that. Um, you know, most of us are aware that there is a mental health crisis um, and it's everything that goes along with that. It's mental health, it's, you know, lack of employment, um, a lot of substance abuse, a lot of domestic violence, and 96% of the families that we serve are considered to be low income. Okay, and this is so the children are being put into that foster care system and then you're stepping in as a guardian ad litem to support them throughout the process. Correct, so usually when a CASA is appointed to a child, on average it tends to be about two years before a case closes, whether that's you know, reunification with the parents or a guardianship or adoption. And the purpose of CASA is to be there throughout that entire time period for that child. There's so much turnover with, you know, the state between caseworkers and different counselors coming in and out of the child's life and, you know, all sorts of different people coming in and out. And their CASA, their advocate, is the person that they can rely on. We do ask our advocates advocates to commit to a two-year time period so that they can remain the person for that child that we're serving. Okay, yeah, I mean, I think that consistency, I mean, we talk about that no matter what your situation is with a child, consistency is so critical, right? Correct. Yeah, so as, uh, in terms of what CASA does, it, it, you talked about um, volunteers that do that. Any special training required? I mean, other than the training that you're doing, could anybody come in and, and volunteer to serve as a court-appointed advocate? Absolutely, we have a range of advocates um, from all sorts of different backgrounds. Uh, we are always looking for people that are bilingual. We do have a high Spanish speaking population and we are looking for advocates that can you know, be able to communicate freely um, and easily with these families. But we have everybody from stay at home moms to retirees to you know, working people. Um, we also have you know, a range of nurses and teachers and counselors and, but really 
We just ask you to have a heart for the kids in the situation that they are in and to be committed to making their lives a little bit easier, to be the voice for that child. Our advocates, they do go through our 33-hour training program, um, which sounds like a lot, but it mm -hmm. really is not. It goes by very fast, and it's an excellent training program. Um, as a volunteer advocate, we also offer continuing education units. We have book clubs. Um, but our volunteers are very well trained to go out into the field and again, we ask that they meet with the children or the child on their caseload um, for a visit at least once a month. But in addition to that, our volunteers are responsible for um, speaking with service providers. Let's say a biological parent, the child comes into care because there's domestic violence between the parents and substance abuse. The child may also have an IEP and be in need of counseling themselves. So our advocates are gonna follow up on those services to present the information to the judge we're gonna determine are the parents actually completing their services and we'll follow up with that service provider. We'll be in communication with the child's teacher. We'll be in communication with the child's counselor to make sure that all of their needs are being met. So Megan, that's a lot of different aspects, uh, really full 360 sort of a look uh, to be sure that you're advocating on behalf of the child or the children, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. How does someone go about getting involved with CASA? So the first thing you can do is go to our website. On our website, there's information about how to apply as a volunteer advocate. Um, you can apply through there and you'll be contacted by somebody. You'll have an interview set up, um, a background check will be completed, and then you will go through the training that I had mentioned, that 33 hours. I do have to say, Jane, though, we are in desperate need of volunteers to serve these children that are coming into care. Unfortunately, as I had mentioned, there's been a 59% increase. We're not able to serve all these children and we have had to turn down cases. So there's a good percentage of children who are not getting the services of a CASA on their caseload because we just don't have enough volunteers to serve them. Yeah, I mean, I, and as you sort of talked about, I mean, navigating that system as an adult is challenging, uh, trying to navigate it as a small child with nobody really in your corner, uh, very, very challenging, right? Correct. Well, and studies show that a child that has a CASA assigned to them will actually spend eight fewer months in foster care than a child that does not have a CASA advocate assigned to their caseload. Wow. And there's actually a much higher chance of a child that does not have a CASA having their case returned back to the foster care system after it closes versus a child having finding their forever home, whether it's with a family, their own biological family, or an adoptive family. So Megan, thank you so much for coming by and sharing so much good information about your program. Thank you, Jane, for the opportunity to speak about how the Casa Volunteer Advocates can continue to help the abused and neglected children that we serve in Will and Grundy counties. And if you're interested in learning more about how you can participate and help Casa of River Valley, please go and visit their website. Don't go away, we'll be right back after a few short messages. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth. Since 1868, member FDIC. We all have a story to share, stories others can relate to, whether moments of sorrow or of hope and inspiration, whether a story of struggle or a moment of victory. 
Every little moment captured and shared helps us to feel more informed, helps us to feel more engaged with and connected to the community we all call home. Every little moment captured and shared adds up to something greater. For us, that something is the collective story of Naperville, a city rich in its volunteer spirit, its diversity, its traditions and celebrations, and so much more. In Naperville, there are so many stories worth sharing. And for the past 35 years, it's been our honor to tell those stories and share them with you. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from Normal Moments are Patricia and Katrina. So glad to have you both on the show. And Patricia, we've talked a lot over the years, but I'd love for you to just again remind our audience, what is Normal Moments? So Normal Moments was founded back in 2007 when my daughter was battling cancer. And before she passed, we talked about the amazing experiences that we had during the couple of years that she was battling. And it came down to the people that truly were there to help us. And so for the legacy of her life, we created Normal Moments to help others who are going through a similar medical situation. Not necessarily cancer, but anything that keeps a parent from being by their child's side when the child truly needs it because they are hurt, they are scared, they are wondering if they're going to have a forever. And we want to be there to make those moments better. Well, as you know, I, your loss just it pains my heart. Um, but out of such a tragical thing, you've really made something beautiful. Uh, and Katrina, I know you've been on the receiving end of that. So let's talk a little bit about your relationship to Normal Moments. I remember reaching out to Patricia saying, I don't know if my family fits your organization, but I have four children and three with cerebral palsy. And she said, you are exactly who we serve. It, is, um, it was something that was super important to me because I was a single mom and I have triplets that are 11 and they all have CP. And then I have a 10 year old and I was struggling even mm -hmm. cleaning my house or taking care of like the normal things. Um, I was having to cook while trying to help with homework, while trying to do multitasking way too much, and my kids weren't having the quality time with me. And so when their services came along, they helped with things like cleaning my house. A volunteer came into my house and helped me with cooking dinner so I could actually sit with my kids and be their mom instead of doing everything else. Um, they just have provided so much love and support to my family that um, I couldn't be more grateful. A lot of good Christmases. And <laughs> yes, they, they have also provided um, meals at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. They've also provided, um, they've adopted my children at Christmas time. And it, it, where I probably wouldn't have been able to give a Christmas, um, especially three years ago when I had cancer, um, I was struggling with my medical bills and everything else. And um, somebody adopted our family and they just loved my kids and, and showered my kids with more than just gifts, but experiences and just memories that were good instead of bad. Yeah, wow, that's a, you, you've got to feel so proud of what you've been able to accomplish. I think my daughter would be very happy. Yeah, 
Absolutely, absolutely. And what I, you know, I, I think when you talk about that, it's about bringing a community around a family in need, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, COVID's been hard, right? We all know that. Um, how has it impacted normal moments? So, almost all of our children are medically fragile and therefore at extremely high risk for if they were to get COVID whether they would survive it at the very, at, at, or at least end up in hospital for a lengthy time. So most of our volunteers were not going to risk interacting with the families for whom they volunteered. Uh, just, it's just a risk and nobody wanted to be the one that might have passed it along no matter how well they were feeling that day. So we basically, we, we have to start over again to recruit volunteers, you know, screen volunteers, place them with families. Our families, you know, for some things it was great. The people were working from home, so they could mow the lawn during their lunch break and mm. didn't need our services for that. They had time to shovel the snow before going to a doctor's appointment, so they didn't need that as much, but now, People are back in the offices and some of the relationships we had with service providers lapsed. So we need to once again have volunteers who will help us to um, find new partnerships or reignite the ones that we had before. Um, it, it's, been, it's been really slow. We haven't had a fundraiser in well over two years. And, and since we have all of these variants still floating around, it's really hard to suggest sure. that people come together for even an outdoor fundraiser when, again, our, we are representing such a medically complex community. Yeah, that's challenging, isn't it? It's very hard. So we, we are very grateful for the people who have continued to make donations throughout, but we could sure use the help of some more donors. Okay, okay. Katrina, how has it been for you during the last two years? It has been hard. Uh, it's hard to be at home with, uh, my son is a quadriplegic, and so he depends 100% on me. And without normal moments, um, it, it's been more of a struggle, for sure. And I just really encourage people to um, volunteer, to donate. Um, without, without you, Patricia, like my kids would um, not remember Christmases so joyously. And it has just been, um, the last two years have been very, very hard without the services. And so I just really hope that people um, understand what this organization does for families with children with different disabilities, with different medical diagnoses. It's not just about cerebral palsy or cancer. It's about children that are struggling with medical or medical diagnoses or, or complex medical conditions. So. I just really encourage people to reach out and, and volunteer and donate. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things, and I think it's so apropos right in your name, I think you did such a great job of naming the organization because as much as we all sort of gloss over the normal moments, because they're the normal moments, right? If you don't have those, what a loss, right? So for you, it's, it's getting those pieces that not only good for your children, but really important to you in yeah. order to be able to be their best mom, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I need to be their mom. And when I am stretched so thin, it is very, very hard to have a normal dinner or a normal uh, trip to the ball game or anything like that. And, and the volunteers that Normal Moments has provided um, 
give me those things. Give me the ability and the uh, access to those things. Yeah. So Patricia, you know, you're launching uh, a new website redesign and that's opening up also some, you're going to be outlining some new volunteer opportunities. So uh, give us a little sneak peek on that. Traditionally, we try and match one volunteer or a couple to a single family and want them to be there long term. And anyone who didn't have long-term availability, we'd ask if they could help with some of more administrative things, like finding relationships with different service providers and helping plan fundraisers, things like that. We are now going to start doing some task-oriented. So if somebody is available for a specific number of hours at a certain time each month, we will try and find them a place to use that. Okay. We try not to have too many people flowing in and out mm -hmm. for our families because they have enough to deal with with home health and um, therapists and doctors and nurses and ever-changing things at the hospital. So we do like having a nice relationship. So we still want the people that can give us, you know, a, a couple of hours, a few hours every other week to be with their family on a consistent basis. But if people don't have that kind of time, we will find other ways to engage them with our families and with jobs that need to be done in the community to help families like Katrina and the rest of the families we serve. So we will be talking more about that on our website. It's a beautiful new site. As soon as it gets live, we have a couple of weeks yet of work to get it there. Um, but it's going to be amazing and we encourage people to come look at it, see the stories about our families, uh, volunteer, donate, um, sign up for our newsletter if you're not ready to do those things yet. Um, and we will also be sending out a survey just asking people how they'd like to participate, what kind of fundraisers they'd like to see, and things like that. That survey will also become available on our Facebook page and on our website. So okay. we encourage people to let us know their thoughts. Thank you both for coming on and sharing such personal stories. It really means a lot to us that you would do that. And we wish you the best of luck with the relaunch of your website and moving into the rest of 2022. And if you would like more information about Normal Moments and how you can volunteer, donate, or help in any other way, please go and visit their website. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on today's episode, please go and visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Burnett. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.